Just transitioning back to us and what's happening today, we are actually going to have a special, this is a special ministry focus service. We're not going to have a, a, a the teaching of the Word as long as what we do usual in our normal format. No doubt the Word's going to be spoken right throughout. But I've asked uh, four different ministers today to uh, just ha- take some time to think and pray over the week about what the, the Holy Ghost wants to do in our lives, in your lives today. And so right now, if you've just just made it to church today, if you just just like just drag yourself into the room today, I want to give you a high five and just say, well done for getting here. That's awesome. But then I want you to just lift your vision for today and what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do in your life. I want you just to dial in your expectation to raise your faith to raise your vision that God wants to meet with us today as a church family. So I, I just want to, I want to introduce, um, you know, we're going to have Pastor Lynn ministering today. So that's going to be awesome. We've got Neville here as well. We've got Daz here is in the building as well today. And we've also got someone who may not be known that well to um, to everyone as a church, but to maybe just some of us, and that is Adrian Bowen. So Adrian Bowen, um, he's awesome. Um, I've been just getting to know Adrian over the over this year. He's married to Lisa Bowen as well. Uh, parents of Kayla. I don't know if Kayla's here today. Is she? Oh, Kayla, there. And Nathan as well, who's a part of our church family. Nathan's over there. And they've got another daughter who lives in Auckland as well. And they're an amazing family. And, and um, it's just been so good getting to know Adrian. And, and Adrian, what you won't know is that Adrian is actually a third generation pastor. Adrian and Lisa led a church in Tauranga for a number of years. And they love Jesus and love seeing the expression of the Holy Spirit. So it's wonderful having you guys be a part of our church family. And, and uh, you have freedom in the house here today. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome your presence. We just welcome you. We just welcome you. We just thank you that when you move, our lives are changed. We thank you that you want to fill us. You want to refresh us. You want to restore us, revive us, reform us. And we just say yes to you today. We say yes to your presence today. You know, the Bible uh, talks about the, the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's lots of pictures of, the, of, what, of the, who the Holy Spirit is in the Bible. There's, there's the dove that came down on Jesus' shoulder. You know, it's a symbol of the presence and the anointing of the Lord. There's the wind that blew at Pentecost, the presence of God like a mighty rushing wind. There's also the fire that fell as well, right, and rested on, on the disciples. And, and as they prayed and the fire of God hit their lives, there's, there's water as well. The Holy Spirit is also likened to water. And Jesus said, come to me and drink and streams of living waters will flow from you. Uh, there's, I've, I've been working on a, um, an art piece, actually. Daniel, if you just want to like squeeze over there just for a moment. Um, this here, just for, for the last month or so. And actually, I was commissioned this art piece by someone for a pastor. And they don't know they're getting this yet. So hopefully they're not watching the live stream because I've spoiled their present. Um, and, 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 and this pastor, though, um, a couple of decades ago, had a, a series of dreams over three or four nights. 
And the first dream he had on the first night was of a fountain and of Jesus actually standing in the fountain, beckoning him to come. And then he's like, well, that's amazing. And then then the next night, um, he has a dream and he's standing in the fountain with Jesus. And then on the, the third night, it is he's swimming in the fountain. This is night after night after night. And then on the fourth night, he's become the fountain. Isn't that incredible? And so this, this gift is actually uh, to honor that word and to honor him and the ministry and the anointing around his life. And so it's been a real privilege to paint that. And I, I honestly did not plan on bringing this today till 20 minutes before church. And I was like, I just got this thing that I needed to bring this and just as a prophetic declaration and display that, that anyone who's thirsty, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink and rivers of living water will flow from you will flow from your life on Wednesday night I had a dream I had a dream (laughs) and in this dream there was a bowl like a Greek Roman kind of bowl that was, was more than a bowl it was like a pool actually and it was up really high on the single pillar and I was trying to get up, and I knew it was the presence of the Lord. And I was just trying to climb up to the presence of the Lord. And it was really unstable because it was on one pillar and it was tipping and it was all over the place. And I could see that this, this uh, bowl had three different legs that only came down to the level of the bowl. And, and, but it was on this one big pillar. And, I, and that was my dream. I was just, uh, you know, trying to get into this thing. And then I was out praying the next day. And I was like, what? Because when I saw it, I was like, oh, we need to build three. What are these three legs that we need to build to make it all stable so that we can get up in the the presence of the Lord is stable. And I was out praying and, and, and Jesus said, the problem is, is that you don't have to climb. You don't have to climb. You don't have to balance. You don't have to juggle. You don't have to work hard to come into my presence. That pillar needs to come down. so that you can just come into my presence because there were three different legs that were enough and so this morning come to Jesus and drink come to Jesus and drink he is good He is good. Let's just stand right now. And we're going to enter into His courts and His gates with thanksgiving and expectation and worship Him this morning. give you our hearts and we just open up ourselves to make room for you 
You are the light. And there's no darkness in you. And we give you the praise and honour and glory because of who you are to us. And as we were worshipping the Lord, I just saw angels ascending and descending. And I felt like the Lord was saying that just like in the, the pool of Bathsheba, that the angels come to stir the water. And I felt like the Lord was saying that He's wanting to stir the water of your heart this morning and bring a revival and refreshness into your spirit. And as you make room for Him, you're going to be amazed. Oh, Spirit of the living God. We just make the room for you. What else could we do right now? We stand in the presence of you. We make room for you, Lord. We make room for you, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. No one like you, Lord. We make the room for you Cause there's nothing better to do I just ask you, could you just lift all your hands? Just lift your hands want you to just stand in the presence of His glory. There was a lady called Ruth Wolf Heflin and she said that you praise until the spirit of worship comes and you worship till the presence comes and then you just stand in the presence and let's just stand in the presence just for a moment
just tell the Lord you love him this morning. Just declare his goodness over your life. And turn to your neighbor and just say, you know, you're wonderful. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Oh, a few people thought so. I said, isn't God good? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for worshipping him today. Because it's just an amazing presence. And it comes out of our praise and it comes out of our worship. And he can't help himself. When all of a sudden people just start worshipping like you worshipped this morning. And he just comes and he just goes, you know, that's the type of atmosphere I can just invade and do stuff. <laughs> Thank you, amazing team. Give them a hand. I'm just going to share a few things, not for long. And we'll see what God wants to do. But I just felt like today the Lord wants to give you a revelation. He wants to give you an illumination. He wants to give you an enlightenment into your spirit of who He is for you and what He is for you. And I feel like he wants to expose himself to you in a way that he's never exposed himself to you before. And as Glenn said, if your heart's open, you'll receive. I want to read some verses to you this morning from chapter 3 of Ephesians. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. And I love the book of Ephesians because it's Paul talking to the church of Ephesus, but it's also Paul talking to the church and the generation that we're in today. And it talks about how our conduct should be in Christ and how the church is in unity and it's built up. And in that unity, it becomes this powerful thing under Christ as the head of the church. And when there's a unity working in the body of Christ, it's unstoppable. It's, it's just at a point where you can't do anything more, but the churches are moving and it's just moving in light because there's light inside the body of Christ and each one of you are part of the body of Christ. And I love what he says in the first chapter. He says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has been lavished upon us. Just get a grasp of that for a second. Every spiritual blessing, you get to eat the whole cake. You don't just get to get a piece of it. You have all of it. It's lavished upon you. Why? Because of His love. Because of His great love for you. And it goes on to say that in his love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. 
before he even created the universe when there was darkness and void. Because of his love, we were part of that whole process. And why did he do that? Because he wanted us to be ordained as priests, as ministers. Because of the love of Jesus and because of the love of God. Let me start at chapter 3, verse 14. And I'll read this over you as a prayer this morning. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven on earth. The perfect Father. The perfect Father. The perfect Father. I don't know what your imagination's like, but He's perfect. And I know that some people are brought up in homes where the Father is maybe not the greatest Father. Maybe there's been abuse and maybe there's been all sorts of other stuff that's happened in your life through your Father. And I have a loving Father, my natural Father. My dad's one of my best mates, but He wasn't perfect. Just ask my daughter and ask my son. I'm not perfect. Just ask my wife. But he's perfect. And where it talks about the father there, in the Greek, father and family are very closely related as far as the Greek word's concerned. And it actually establishes that where there's family, there's a father. And we can come to the father because we are a part of the body of Christ and where everything hasn't been perfect, you can go to the perfect one. And in his, in his perfection, he perfects you. And he says he's the father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And Paul's talking there about the ones who have gone before, but he's also talking about the ones who are to come. Because in Jeremiah it says that you were, before you were formed, he knew you. Before you were born, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. Because you were ordained before he even created the universe. <laughs> And it goes on in verse 16 and 17. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strengths flood your innermost being with his divine, divine might and explosive power. Can you see what he wants to do? He wants the supernatural strength of his spirit to flood you. He wants you to be flooded. We all understand what happens in a flood. But God wants to flood your heart with supernatural strength. It's all yours. Every supernatural being 
every supernatural blessing is yours. And He wants to flood you with that supernatural blessing in your life. Then by constantly using your faith, the love, the life, sorry, of Christ will be released inside you and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. The resting place, the resting place. He wants to rest in you that it becomes a root of love. You know, the Word of God in Matthew 22, I think it is, says that the greatest, he was challenged after he'd been teaching. Jesus was challenged after he'd been teaching. And they're trying, the Sadducees and Pharisees, and were trying to catch him out. And they turned to him and said, so what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And he said, but wait, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And see, Jesus wants to flood your heart. God wants to flood your heart with so much love because if you can't love yourself, you can't love others. He wants to supernaturally just flood your heart with such amazing love that all you can do is think of Him. All you can do is ponder on Him. All you can do is just be day after day, moment after moment, infatuated by this amazing love that He pours out. And verse 18 and 19 says this, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of God in all its dimensions. Come on. Come on. He's a multifaceted God. There's so much to God. Whatever it is that you have in your heart right now of God, He wants to give you more because there's more to give of Himself. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. And then it's got an exclamation mark. Think of it. He just wants you to stall on that moment. To understand how deeply intimate and far-reaching His love is. That it reaches beyond the depths of your understanding. It reaches beyond what you could ever think or imagine. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. And this extravagant love pours into you until you're so filled to overflowing with the filledness of God. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. I don't know what you want this morning. But God wants to overflow into your heart His love that transcends your understanding. (laughs) Psalm 40 verse 5 says, He thinks of us all the time with countless expressions of love. How many of you are in love? Come on, how many of you are in love? You love your... You love your wife. You love your kids. You're in love. And this God who loves you 
doesn't stop thinking about you. In fact, it says this in Isaiah 49, 15, 16. But how could a loving mother forget her nursing child and not deeply love the one she bore, even if there was a mother who forgets her child? This is God. I could never, no, never forget you. Can't you see? I have carved you in the palm of my hand. It means it's there forever. Every time God looks at his hand and sees your name, he thinks of you. He doesn't stop thinking of you. I thought someone might get excited. Never doubt, verse 20, and this is my last portion of scripture never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish this never doubt it never doubt him to heal you never doubt him to set you free never doubt him to go above the circumstances that you're in and go beyond that and said I'm calling you through that because that's my love for you and I will put you through and you will get through he will Achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. What's your greatest request? What's your greatest request? (laughs) Hallelujah. Whatever it is that you think you could request, he's got more for you. Because he said it's above your greatest request. Above your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. How many of you have had a dream to do something? And you look at it and go, man, that's just massive. And he goes, guess what? It's still small compared to me. Dream bigger. Because I'm above that. I'm bigger than that dream but I can do that for you because I'm the one who just loves you so much that I want the best for you. And exceed your wildest imagination. How many of you got a wild imagination? Three of you. Wow. How many of you have got a wild imagination? That's better. And he said, I'm going to exceed that wildest imagination that you've got he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you thank you father thank you father for your love to us And you can do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And every heart here, in this place, and those who are watching online, those who are watching right now, He wants to do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. He wants to exceed your expectation. I just release the favor of God upon your life. And I release a revelation of who He is to you. That you'll walk out this door this morning. And you go, oh, there's so much more we've got to do, Father. 
And it's not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. Hallelujah. I've just got to ask, is there a Sam in the building? A Samuel? A Sam? Sorry to say that. Baby Samantha. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. No Samuel Saul? He's not here. Can I release a word over him if he's not here, but we can just, yeah. It was last Sunday I was sitting in the service and God just gave me this, Sam. It's like, Sam I am, love green eggs and ham. I was just... And then on, as I've been praying through the week, the Lord gave me this word for you, Sam. I saw the Lord calling to you and he's wanting to raise you up. And what that means, he's calling you to soar like an eagle so you see from heaven's perspective. The Lord is giving you eyes to see and ears to hear in this season. And you will start having visions and dreams like never before. The Lord wants to know he loves you and he loves the compassion of your heart. The humility you have and the generosity you have to serve and help people. He sees this when he looks through your eyes and when you look at people who are afflicted in spirit, soul and body. And this is when he feels the compassion of your heart. And just like Jesus, when he saw people afflicted, he fed them, he healed them, and he restored their hearts. And I saw this massive storehouse that you will store up riches, both in the spiritual and the natural. And those things are treasures to help people. And in the natural, the treasure could be as simple as, a, as clothing, as household items to help people and you're going to help people spirit soul and body and I saw you being like a Joseph who was given divine insight to store grain for a famine to look after a, a nation of people when when those people are in famine and lack and like Joseph I see you going into the realms of government both local and national and helping them with systems to manage social injustice and you will release concepts and systems that will have divine designs to help them. And this will be added to you, not by the might or by your power, but by His Spirit. And that within you, He will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. That's a good word just there, eh? going to hand over to you, Lynn. The Lord bless you all. Well, only going to be a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, just this one verse that really stood out to me during the week that I felt um, if I was going to say anything and minister around it, it would be this. And this is the verse, and you can find it in Romans 5, um, verse 2. Now I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege, where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And the bit that stood out most to me was this place of undeserved privilege. This is the place of grace, undeserved privilege. And the verse said, we now stand in that place. So I just believe that what God wants to release today is a fresh revelation 
of his grace. And it may not be that everybody needs that, but some of us do, and I need it ongoing. That place of undeserved privilege, because it's the opposite of what the world would tell us. We've got to deserve everything. We've got to work for it. And to stand in God's grace, um, one of the other versions says we've got to take our stand. So all that grace can be there. It's your undeserved privilege. But if you don't take your stand in it, then it's not going to benefit you. And these are some things about taking your stand in grace. I stand now in a place of favor with God. I wonder if you can say these things about yourself. I find my identity, my worth, and my value by looking into His face. Not my mirror, not other people's mirrors, but His face. I believe in and consent to being loved just as I am. I'm free from having to perform to be acceptable. Hating myself is off the table. Some of you need to take that one. And because I'm certain of God's love and goodness to me, I desire my conscience to be even more tender toward him. You see, that's what grace does. It doesn't give you a free ticket to do what you like. It softens, tenderizes your heart toward him. I can love God back with all my being. I can't do that without his grace and I have the power to do and to be all he has called me to do and to be that's his grace so I want us to just minister very briefly one day I was out walking um, down in Bush Street and I was near your house Roger and um, I, I don't know what the story had been, but I was feeling like a lousy Christian. In fact, the, my wording was, I'm not even a proper Christian. Do you ever feel that? And immediately across the road on the other side, by that old house, Roger, there was a girl walking with her dog. And she just said to the dog, oh, you're not even a proper dog. <laughs> and I laughed and I thought, oh my goodness, God just spoke to me. <laughs> That dog was a dog. <laughs> you know, some of us, we struggle with that imposter syndrome. The devil loves to play around with that imposter syndrome with us. You're not good enough. What if other people knew? All those kind of lies. You're faulty. You're flawed. You don't belong. I mean, they didn't choose you, did they? You just don't fit. You don't belong, all that kind of stuff. And he, he builds this case of evidence around you so you happen to notice little things, hear little things. And he creates a case that proves you're not acceptable, that you're flawed. Well, we're gonna deal with that. I don't know how many people are struggling with this, but if you are struggling with shame, that sense of being not good enough, not a good enough Christian, or if you are struggling with a religious spirit that says you haven't ticked all the boxes, if you're struggling with any of that, would you stand right now? And we're gonna take our stand in grace, or if you just feel you need to take your stand afresh in this place of undeserved privilege, would you stand and I'm just gonna pray for you. Just take authority over these uh, religious spirits and, 
and the stuff of shame that binds us up because he said he's got this place of undeserved privilege. So Father, thank you. Thank you for what you have laid out before us and that um, Adrian talks so beautifully about as well. Adrian, did I get the right name? I hope I did. Um, Father, we thank you for this place of grace. And Lord, I stand and I choose to take my stand in grace in a fresh new way. And I, I speak that over each person here today who is standing before you. They're taking their stand in grace in that place of undeserved privilege. And I take authority over every spirit of shame, every religious spirit that would shrink them back down over and over. I break the power of those things off their lives in the name of Jesus. And I speak out destiny, future, enlargement, standing up, Shoulders back, princes and princesses of, a, of the loving Father. We take our stand in undeserved privilege. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And just while those ones still just stay standing, I want to read this over you. Jude 24. To him who was able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence, without fault and with great joy. That's what's going to happen when we appear before him, without fault and with great joy, bubbling over. We receive it today. Let that be our, our uh, default setting. Yeah, that's what I want, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. You may be seated. Neville. If you've been called to the nations, I want you to quickly stand up. Called to the nations. It's a too small a thing to stay in Judah, which means it's a too small a thing just to stay in your area of responsibility, whether that is church, whether that is your neighborhood. I don't like self-promotion, but I kind of sense that I've got to share some stuff to dream big. I started doing missionary trips 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Five Nations was my first trip. And every trip after that was just to a nation until Christian and I were on the mission field for a year, for, for seven years. This time we go to six nations. This time I'll be preaching for 29 days, solid, minimum of four hours per day of preaching and teaching, talking to a president talking to government officials, ordaining hundreds of new leaders that have gone through training, 
preaching to a church of 8,000, visiting the community in Pakistan that we've talked about, preaching to 80 million across the Muslim world on TV. It started small, and it's a call. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit to send Saul and Barnabas to the nations. When you receive that call, something shifts inside of you and you're never satisfied with anything else except to fulfill that call. This may be right outside of where you even think in the paradigm, but Brazil is a nation that God wants you to go to. You're smiling. That's good. Some are called to a nation. Some are called to go once and stay there. But others are called to the nations to dream big. Never let go of your dream, as we've heard this morning. Never let go of it. If I thought I'd be talking to presidents when I first started, in accordance with the word of God, Isaiah 49, it is too small a thing for you to stay and preach to the Judah. To Judah, I give you the Gentiles. God wants to give you souls. You know this, Daz, but you need to hear it more. More souls, more nations. South Africa is calling you. More nations, more souls. The brave heart that is inside of you, that adventure-seeking heart inside of you is of the Holy Ghost, as you know, but you need to hear it again. I declare multitudes over you. The message which you have is a message of brokenness transformed into greatness. And that which God is working inside of you is going to break the hearts of hard men. It's going to, in your gentleness, you will be great. The call of the nations, the call of the nations, a bruised reed I will not break. And sometimes that which is the bruisings of the enemy have the appearance of the bruising of God. But don't allow that which is the bruising, even as you are lift up your head prophetically now, don't allow yourself to be bent over because of the bruising. Because there is a wellspring of life that glows and that glows as the glory of God. And in the midst of those difficult times, as you feel like bowing, it is when you stand upright and say, that's me.
There is a whisper in the ear that would come even in the time when you're not thinking about things, that God is speaking to you by His Spirit and you're wondering whether those words are the words of the Holy Spirit. They are that intuition that you feel and the desire to go to the nations is something which I will fund in both the natural and the supernatural ways. You're going to see God multiply food supernaturally. I'm not just talking about provision. I'm talking about supernatural provision of food as you go out to the nations. You're going to be astonished by what you see. You will also see God calls you to speak to out loud even when you're trembling and thinking, is this going to happen? And you're going to say, wind stop, rain stop in Jesus' name. Supernatural miracles in the realm of weather that is going to cause people's ears who are normally stopped to be opened to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sister, there is a wellspring of life that is inside of you that desires to come out. You need to, you're not just called in the natural to go to the nations, but there is something in the internet that God has for you to start to work through, to develop. There are women, there are not just women, there are churches who want to hear the message that you have to hear. Get involved in the internet. Get out there. Start to preach. Start to prepare. God will open and multiply. There is grace upon your life for miraculous in the internet. It's lovely to be back in church. So good. Not that I haven't been in church. I just haven't been in this one. So we sung that song. Can we just put those words up of that last song we sang about making room for? So we sang, and I'll make room for you. Did you guys sing that? You sung that? I sung that. See, as I was singing that, I want to make room for you. God showed me a wee picture that there's some in the room and they're making a room. He doesn't want a room. He doesn't want you to make this lovely room in your house for Him. He wants the whole house. All He wants is all of you. And that's when He'll send you. That's when He'll open crazy doors. That's how it starts. It starts small and then this thing grows. Do you know why? Because He trusts you in the little before He'll give you the big. And it all starts with Jesus, man. All the preaching, all the stuff that I've done this, this year, it all boils down to one thing. Jesus. Jesus. And I just want to share this just really quickly. I was, I was on the plane and, and I got upgraded to uh, business class, which was amazing. Yeah, they freaked out. I walked in with shorts on and funny hair and they were thinking, you're at the wrong end of the plane, son. And on a... On a 14 and a half hour flight, business was lovely. And, uh, 
And that was all good. As the plane landed in Houston, uh, I was just getting my bags. I was still quite tired. And, and, and a guy uh, just across from me leaned up to get his bag out of the overhead. And as he did that, I saw his watch. And I'm a bit of a watch geek. Now this watch this dude was wearing is 200,000 New Zealand dollars. Amazing watch. And I went, wow, what an amazing watch. And I didn't prepare to do this. I didn't plan to do this, but it just came out. You see, when you're walking with him, there'll be sometimes that he just spills out. That's normal Christianity. Freely we receive and then freely we give. So I just said, hey, in business class, I said, hey, can I just have your attention for a moment? And they just, oh my goodness. <clears throat> and I said, you can have the nicest watch on this plane. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the business connections. You can be wearing the nicest suits or drip, drip. <coughs> but here's the deal. If our plane today landed in the Pacific Ocean and it didn't land in Houston, the only thing that matters is Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And with tears pouring down my cheeks, I said, He loves you. He's got such a plan for your life. The only thing that matters is Jesus. And that's exactly what I'm saying today. The only thing that matters is Jesus. It is, it's the truth. You clap with your hands, it's fine, but what is your heart saying? What's your heart saying? Have you given Him a couple of rooms? Have you given Him the bottom floor and you just want to keep a little bit of the top floor to yourself? You see, what I've realised is my children never try and be my children. They don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, we need to be good chettles today. They don't. They wake up and destroy the house. Poor Breezy. They don't try. So stop trying to be a blooming Christian. Just stop it. Just take that pressure off yourself today. Stop trying to be a performer. This room is full of sons and daughters. He's called you by name. He's counted every hair on your head. But here's the deal. You may be in there and you may be going, well, I sung that song. I will make room for you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Really? Really? Are you really going to make room for Him? Because you've got a moment right now to make room for Him. If there's stuff in your life that's not right, today is your day. Maybe you're so bound up in sin and addiction. Today is the day that every shackle, every chain can be broken. Today is your day. But you see, the devil will do everything right now to keep you in your seat. He'll give you a thousand reasons why not to respond. Well, what would Pastor Glenn think? Well, who cares? You're doing this for an audience of one. So if that's you today and you were singing that song, I'm going to make room for you. And you realise that actually you're kind of quite content making a room or a couple of rooms. If you know today is the day that you want to give them everything, give them the whole house. Today is the day when you're just going to stop trying to be a Christian and say, Jesus, I'm going to be a son and a daughter. I'm going to let my little light shine wherever I go. I'm going to be a city on a hill 
we want to pray for you. Because I believe just like Saul of Tarsus, he had one encounter that changed his whole life. I believe one encounter on this altar this morning will change everything. One kiss from the King, it changes everything. Don't let pride or fear hold you in your seat. Maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus. Today is your day. We've done this today for you. Maybe you're thinking, man, I just want to get that heart right. You know, the Bible says He doesn't actually fix our hearts. He gives us a brand new one. Come and get your brand new heart. We'll just add to that. <laughs> Thanks, Daz. <laughs> Come on. Come on up. Have a touch from the Holy Ghost that will transform you. If you're not yet in the family of God, it is so easy to do so. It just takes a commitment to declare, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus takes my sin. I receive the free gift of family, of becoming part of the family of God, of becoming a son or daughter of God. Or maybe you've just grown cold towards God or lukewarm towards God, then come on up. Be bold.